0: The babysitter is coming at 5 o'clock every Thursday, and that's going to be there. We're going on date night. Now, if we hate each other that day, we're still going out. We'll hate each other in a restaurant or something by ourselves, but we're getting out of the house.
1: Welcome to The Ziggler Show, where we inspire your true performance. I'm your host, Kevin Miller, and today is our Habits Show, where we take you behind the scenes with Dr. Henry Cloud, our esteemed guest from the previous episode Number 513, where he taught us the art and training of true leadership. You may know him from his best selling classic book, Boundaries. In this show, we walk through the seven spokes of the Ziegler Wheel of Life to see what Dr. Cloud's personal habits are to keep him strong and succeeding in each area. Here's some highlights He needs outside help when it comes to exercise. He and his wife have been in a committed couples group for 12 years. He believes high performers make sleep a priority. His experience is people who focus too much on money either never have it or they lose it. He mentally pictures handing his stresses over to God, and he gets great personal joy from golfing and boating. This show is brought to you in part by John Hopkins University, where they believe every day is about making tomorrow better as the number one ranked school of public health since 1994, Johns Hopkins Bloomberg School of Public Health can help you become a public health advocate to transform communal health in a holistic, evidence-based way. With 20 plus graduate programs and more than 300 global research projects, it is the oldest and largest school of public health. Learn more at jhsph dot edu feel good. Johns Hopkins Bloomberg School of Public Health, protecting health, saving lives millions at a time. Well, hey, real quick folks, one of our key friends at Ziegler is Michael Hyatt, who is our next podcast guest coming up in shows 516 and 517. But I want to tell you about something he is offering right now. If you set goals for 2017, how did they go? did you accomplish them all? If you're like me, some of the year's goals did not happen. Life happens. We get off course, we get distracted, but we can't let that happen year in and year out. So the question is, what will we do to make 2018 different? Well, there is a surefire way to empower yourself to actually accomplish your goals next year. Michael Hyatt explains it all in a brand new webinar called navigate your way to success in 2018. Five blunders that can shipwreck Your Goals." and how to avoid them. People fall short because they don't know what the obstacles are to even look out for. So catch this webinar to learn the mistakes too many people make so you don't make them. It's the key to finding success in 2018. The webinar is free, but you'll want to sign up today to reserve your seat. Go to com slash B-Y-E webinar. Just like best year ever. com slash B-Y-E webinar webinar. Well, folks here, then we bring you Dr. Henry cloud's habits of success. All right. Well, well Dr. Cloud, uh, after hearing, we talked so much in our first, our main interview about success and the principles that lead us there and say, uh, and, and, uh, leadership university, that here we want to go through the Ziegler wheel of life, those seven spokes and hear the things that you've done or not done your experience in getting strength in each of them. Uh, first one is the is physical, uh, we all, everything we do comes out of this body and mind. So what are the things that you employ to keep yourself well in that physical arena?
0: Well, one of the things that, um, I learned was, uh, that you really need some outside help in this area. I, I, <laughs> I, um, somebody asked me one time, I said, you know, how, how's your cholesterol? And I said, it's great. And they said, what, what is it? I said, it's just great. And they said, what is it? I said, it's great. And they said, but what's the number? I said, well, don't you know what causes high cholesterol? And they go, what? And I said, the test. if you never take the test, you never, (laughs) ignorance is bliss. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) So what, what I found was, um, you know, for, for a long time, I I was just, I I never get sick. Basically. I just don't get sick. I mean, i knock on wood. I could get sick next year, but I just, I'm, so I just never went to the doctor. And then, um, a few years back I I thought, I, I, I think what, I made some sort of change in insurances or something, and I had to go do all this. And I went in and actually got measured on some things, and in, in my cholesterol was so fine, my blood pressure wasn't, mm. and you know a couple of other things. And so one of the habits that's really helped me is I've learned that external structure is my because I will ignore the physical honestly because I just I feel good most of the time and you know, I'm, I'm fine. But external structure of checkups and trainers in some sort of class, that's what some people don't need it. They're just, they wake up in the morning and say, I got to go do my workout. I got to go. And then I, I'm, I'm just not like that. I, that's not my first, you know, I got to have the external structure. So, so I've found in, in each of those arenas and, and and the second thing is I've found that um, it's very very difficult for me to make something sustainable that I hate mm-hmm. and so you know in staying staying healthy physically i've I really have to find ways to move and to get active that I enjoy and that aren't just prescribed and and one of my big problems in this and, and depending on when you see me in different times of the year, I'm, you know, if I'm traveling a lot speaking, I, and, you know, or consulting, I fly in early and, or, or, you know, leave early and fly in and have a long day through a late dinner. And, you know, I'm on the East coast and it's midnight. And I got to start at five thirty-six the next morning. I'll have several days like that. And I just get fat. And I mean, I, when I'm on the road, I get fat. That's just that's just <laughs> what happens, and so I've had to, you know, um, you know, set it up where I get back, my trainer's coming to the house and kicking my butt, and so I just need external help in that area. Is all I'm saying that for me, yeah. and my wife's a big part of that. She's really really healthy, and I would, you know, I'm I'm kind of uh, pretty healthy eater now but if I didn't have the restrainer in the house, I'd have to go hire one. Yeah,
1: No, I, I appreciate that. I know a lot of people can relate. That's why we have health clubs and classes and, and, and trainers, but I really appreciate what you said about the exercise in specific. My, one of my partners is a, uh, is an MD and to the question that he gets, Hey, what's the best exercise? What should I do from the patients? His answer is, I don't know. What will you do every day? What do you enjoy? Right. So, Yeah.
0: That's right, and you know what? It's not that th- this is not rocket science. You know, for the most part, I mean, there's some technicalities in there with metabolism and different foods and all that. But, but for the most part, I learned something a long time ago that when I when I am in shape and when I am doing well, a couple of things are true. One is my portion sizes can fit in the in the palm of my hand. Whatever you eat, you don't know, you know kind of eat which, but just fit the portion size in the palm of your hand. And the second thing, go move hard for about a half hour a day. And that, you know, let's talk about problems after you're doing those. That's what I have to do. I don't need some new plan if I'm doing those. Yeah. If I'm doing those, it tends to work. Now, if I'm still not getting enough, then I might have to look at some food groups or something like that. Right. But mine's mostly the plan works if you work the plan. Yeah, I need absolutely. help to make me work the plan.
1: That's uh, yeah, absolutely. Well, so second is family, uh, which really just encompasses your your literal family, but relationships as well. What are the things that you uh, employ consistently to keep those relationships healthy and vibrant?
0: Yeah, now this one I'm a little better at than you know on the exercise front. Um, but I I got married later. You know, I got married well into my 30s, and I had. I just somehow along the line, you know, family is very, very important to me. And even in my single years, I had um, a small group of friends that every Wednesday night, and we had a name for it. We called it Wednesday night, family night. And every Wednesday night, some we were all going to be there. And we'd have dinner and sit around and talk. And we might, you know, that was that was back in the days of where you couldn't DVR everything but we had a regular show we all watched and we'd kind of talk about life and whether you're single or married family you know that's where we're grounded that's where nobody's trying to do a deal with us right it's it, it's your support center it's where you're anchored from and then then if you're married You have your family, but also that family has got to be grounded in some other relationships to make that family strong. So in terms of habits, um, my my wife and I are in a a couples group of a handful of couples that we have been together for 12 years. And I will move hell and high water if I'm on a trip to get back to not miss my couples group because that is so life-giving to me. And so that's there. And then, then in 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 my immediate family, um, one of the things that, that Tori and I learned early on was, if something's not working, you need to add structure to it. That's just all there is to it. You know, if you're not, if it's not happening, then it's got to be structured. So one of the things we did right after Olivia was born, our oldest, and we were just, you know, everybody, every new parent knows what that's like. We decided, okay, we're hiring a babysitter with a long-term contract that's coming in every Thursday at 5 p.m. Because the witching hour really starts at 5, you Mm -hmm. know, 5 to 7.30 when you got little kids is just hard. So we we wanted to skip the witching hour, right? So the babysitter's coming at 5 o'clock every Thursday, and that's going to be there. We're going on date night. Now, if we hate each other that day, we're still going out hate each other in a restaurant or something by ourselves, but we're getting out of the house. And that structure was so important for, for the, for our family. And then we also had the same babysitter come on Sunday afternoon, come at three o'clock and we unplugged from all the chaos And just did a breather, you know, just left. And we go out and do whatever we want to till, you know, till bedtime we come back. That kind of structure for family. And then I sit down for my family. One of my habits is we sit down with the entire family, my wife and and our girls, every year. And I plan the next year, right, with the family time goes in first. Mm. So, we put our vacation in in there, and then we have quarterly getaways and stuff that we're going to do together, and then there's other kind of trips and and I put the family time in the calendar first, and my my business my company that that schedule is you know and everything they're they're negotiating speaking and consulting and all these projects and everything they know they got to work around that because that's going in first. And so I I guess what I'm saying here with habits is that you can't make it happen that day because something's going to push it out of the way. And you got to have some, some, some habits that are daily and with a rhythm, but that you, they are a structure. There's a reason why, why Thanksgiving is not whenever anybody wants it throughout the course of the year, because it would just never happen. But once it's that, this is a dedicated family time, then we organize our activity around that. And I think people, people really have to do that. Then all the way to the small things, you know, we, we have family dinners and, and we always start every family dinner with roses and thorns. hmm and, you know, I got one that's about to go to college, but we still sit down, roses and thorns. What was your rose today? What was your thorn? And, you know, it sounds cheesy, but it's really to know what happened today that was really great for you and what happened today that really just sucked. Everybody kind of like that little habit mm-hmm. is so huge. When I was growing up, my father, when I started, when I was two years old, he started. Taking me out to breakfast six o'clock every Sunday morning with his best friend every Sunday morning until he died at ninety four, and whenever I was back visiting as an adult, six o'clock Sunday morning we're going to breakfast. If it was high school and I had had a late night or college, I had had a late night on Saturday night. Didn't want to even tell him what I might have been doing or not doing. Six o'clock he was coming in and dragging my butt out of bed. We were going to breakfast and. Those habits are huge. They're just huge.
1: Wow. I I just love the intentionality and yeah, very uh, comparable to what you have us go through in leadership university is this structure and the structure work, the plan and the plan will work as you talked about. Well, next one is mental Uh, just the mental aspect of you being sharp and having your, your edge for what you want to do. What do you do to keep yourself well from a mental standpoint?
0: Yeah. Now, no, is that separate than intellectual and knowledge, or is that part no? Of
1: it? Yeah, no. That's good. That's good.
0: Um, because mentally, you know, I just as a psychologist, we I can tell you, we we exist in a triad. There's our brain. It's the physical organ, and there's our mind. So the physical is the hardware, and then there's the software. our belief systems and our you know our attitudes and and all of how we think our thinking patterns. And then the third part of that triangle is relationship that we think better when we're in relationship and we're being fueled and we have energy and our, our, you know, serotonin is high because we feel loved and our cortisol is low because we don't feel stressed because we have people helping us. And so when I think of the mental, I think of those three. And I know that to keep the mental, keep me from going mental. (laughs) I need to look at those, those three categories. And what I've learned is the physical organ of the brain. um, You've really got to take care of it. And one of the things that high performers do more than any other group when we do the research, the one thing that is consistent that they do more than any other group is sleep. Mm. And what sleep or sleep deprivation does to your brain and your mental functioning is huge. There's a reason they don't let people fly airplanes you know when they hadn't had sleep and there's a reason why you know they do all the research about the operating rooms and medical mistakes and all that what with, with rest and so you've got to take care of the things that affect your brain and part of that another thing that I do is I um, have a, uh, reactive pancreas and a hypoglycemia pre-diabetic sort of syndrome. And so I got to keep the right stuff coming into my body. So my brain works. So I avoid sugar, for example, I avoid heavy carbs, without an underlying basis of protein to carry me through the blood sugar drop that happens two to three hours later, because my mind, I can't function. If you, if you ever ask me to come speak at your company in the contract, you will see I'm not a diva. I don't have to have all the same color M&Ms, but I do have to have in the green room. There's, I need a little protein, whatever you feed me or don't feed me, just make sure there's a little Turkey or cheese or, some of that because I need my brain to work. So I try to take care of the physical organ of the brain and movement is a big part of that. But the second part is that software and the mental functioning, your thinking patterns, your belief systems, all of that. So my habits, um, I always, uh, I'll read three to five books at a time. Always. I'll always have, you know, in kind of different categories. But one of those categories is what's going to improve the software. And I'll usually have two that I'm reading in that category. One is something that gets to my thinking about how I'm thinking in my own performance, my own attitudes, my own, whatever it is. And, and the other is, is spiritual that i I'm one of those people that my software, I want my software to be coded by the one who invented the computer. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so I, my spiritual habits of, you know, I, I study the scriptures, I read them for all the reasons that I think we should read them, but you know, it's fuel, it's bread. It, it, it feeds my mind. And I connect with God, in, and that's one of the ways I connect with Him is is through through the Scriptures, and that changes my software. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll be worried and stressed about something, thinking about something, and I'll come to a passage. Like I, 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 I tell you this, one of my habits every morning when I wake up, um, or in the middle of the night. I just did it this morning. I have a habit of I go through the things that. I'm stressed about or that I've got to work on. And when I'm lying in bed, this is a weird little habit, probably TMI, right? But I lie in bed and I think of those categories. If I get this project or this relationship issue or whatever, and I think of those categories, and I I physically picture, say, okay, God, I'm doing what I do. I'm gonna hand those to you and I'm gonna rest. In you. And I physically will try to feel myself 100% resting on the bed. In other words, physically, I've 100% let go of any muscle tension or anything where I'm resting on the bed. And I talk to God and say, I'm resting in you in all these areas. You take care of them. That's a big mental thing for me and then then mentally going through focusing um and getting clear about the different areas of life and in my prayer and thinking journal um i have categories and there's 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 spiritual and mission and my family and intellectual and financial and all of that and so i try to keep those in front of me all the time i mean it's kind of a there's others but that's a few.
1: Well, it's great. And one of the spokes is spiritual, which you just, uh, you just covered. That is a significant, I love the exercise, um, of handing those stresses over to God. Thank you for, for that. Um, financialism. You know, I, I, oh, yeah, go
0: ahead. I'll tell you a funny little story. My father, when he was 42, um, he had started a company and, uh, you know, it was doing well, and it was growing and he was, but he was stressed all the time. It had, you know, it was a growing big you know, think. And he went to a movie theater and he collapsed one day and they thought he was dead. And they took him to the hospital and he wasn't dead, but they told him he had six months to live, that his heart was gone and get his affairs in order. And so he, then he went to another hospital and they, they did a, they stayed there a month and they said, there's nothing wrong with your heart, but it's stress. And they said, you got to change your life. And so he, he went and did two things immediately. This when he was 42, first thing he did was he started a daily habit. And I know this is true because I saw him do it my whole time growing up. When he got home at five thirty in the afternoon, he would sit in his chair. First thing he'd do is come home. He'd sit in his chair, he'd open his Bible hmm. and he would go through all his problems and tell God, okay, I'm done for today. These are yours. You worry about them until tomorrow morning and I'll get back up and do them. And that was a daily habit he did. And the second thing, doctor said, you got to find a hobby. You know, you're not regularly and he started playing golf and that's how I became interested in golf. And so that was at 42 when they told me I had six months to live and you know, we got to bury him at 94 Oh wow. and was active. But I know those habits had something to do. Was-
1: Wow, that's that's. Oh, oh, like, and
0: yeah. I, I, I'll I'll tell you one more. He had a coffee break every morning at 10, 10 o'clock and every afternoon about two thirty with his best best two friends every day for forty years. Their offices were near each other. Yeah. Every day, twice a day, those three buddies would get together.
1: That's I love that. And in, in the, in the thought process of a sabbatical, you know, even if that's a uh, 30 minutes, yeah. I do it almost yeah. every single day here at my office with my partner. We go uh, when it's sunny enough, we go sit on the back deck and uh, have yeah. lunch and talk and, and think of it as that uh, deep breath sabbatical. It's taken us a long time to commit to that habit. Uh, so great to hear the testimony from your dad.
0: And don't think that that's downtime where nothing's happening because we can hook your brain up to a scan. And what that is, is it's changing your brain. So when you go back to work, it's going to perform higher.
1: Well, that's, I think we all need that. Okay, friends, I expect you're getting some significant inspiration and equipping on leadership from this show. Again, go to drclouddrcloud.com to get connected with Dr. Cloud and all he has to offer you. Here then are two great services and offers that I think you'll be interested in. First is Gusto, G-U-S-T-O. It's a payroll and benefits. Those are hard things, especially for small businesses. You don't have the time to be an expert in all things like taxes and regulations and old school payroll providers just aren't built for the way we work today. That's why Gusto is making payroll benefits and HR easy for small businesses. PC mag and fit small business have called Gusto the best payroll for small businesses. So Gusto makes payroll very simple. Nine out of 10 users say Gusto is easier to use than any other payroll solution. 72% of customers spend less than five minutes to run their payroll. Four out of five customers actually reduce payroll errors after switching to Gusto. If you'll Google Gusto, G-U-S-T-O, you'll see people really do love Gusto, and it's not often you ever hear that anyone actually loves their payroll provider. You no longer have to be a big company with expensive technology, great benefits, and great service for your team. You focus on your business, not payroll and paperwork. To help support the show, Gusto's offering our Ziegler listeners an exclusive limited time deal sign up today. You'll get three months free. Once you run your first payroll, just go to gusto.com slash ziggler. Again, that's gusto. G U S T O.com slash ziggler. And then grasshopper. If you're an entrepreneur, a small business owner, or have a side gig, which most of our audience does, you need to check out grasshopper. It's the entrepreneur's phone system. Grasshopper lets you run your business from your cell phone while keeping your business and personal lives separate. Choose from their huge inventory of local toll-free or vanity toll-free numbers. Simply forward your new number to your mobile phone and start taking calls immediately. No matter what you're doing, Grasshopper's iPhone and Android apps help you stay connected to your customers. You can send and receive calls and texts from your business phone number, set up multiple extensions for everyone on your team, get your voicemails transcribed and emailed to you, work from anywhere with call forwarding, and make and receive calls from your computer via the desktop app. Even utilize Wi-Fi calling. Grasshopper offers a really easy and instant setup and 24-7 customer support all without any long term contracts. So go to grasshopper.com slash Ziggler to get $20 off your first month. Again, it's grasshopper.com slash Ziggler. Well, now, folks, we get back to Dr. Cloud. Well, hey, financial uh, as the next spoke, what are uh, the yeah. things you do now or that you did do to get you to a place of financial success? What are some habits of strength in that arena?
0: Well, you know, if you, if you talk about getting to financial success, it's interesting because the way I would say it is it's all the things we just talked about that make financial success. You know, it's, and I understand what you're asking about the actual hands-on how you deal with and think about money. But, um, I, I just, I've just come to see over and over and over and over and over that people that focus on money either never have it or when they get it, it goes bad in some way. But more often they never really have it. And people that focus on the things we've been talking about, about the mental side of life, the intellectual side of life, becoming competent in a passion that you care about, um, spiritual development in your relationships, then they do have to learn financial acumen. But what you find is, you know, Michael Jordan didn't become financially successful by focusing on money, focused mm-hmm. on his passion, his basketball, right? And, And even somebody, if you take somebody who makes money in in, in finance, you know, (laughs) they didn't focus on money. They focused on learning the markets and reading the books, feeding their mind, getting around the relationships that would mentor them and teach them, learning how to get over fear and go make the call to sell somebody a stock. That's where the money came from. So having said all that, okay, money is kind of a result. But you can do all the right things and have the results start to happen and then not know how to work with money. And so my financial habits um, are pretty simple and they've, they've really never changed because I think these are kind of laws. And this is back to when I was, my first job was I worked in a after college before I went to graduate school, I worked in a, in a psych hospital for $3 and 33 cents an hour. My father thought I was crazy college graduate, but he wasn't going to enable me. He said, look, I sent you to school. If you want to go starve, that's up to you. But I knew that that was part of my passion. I had to learn my, my skill and, you know, you know, profession and craft. And so I did that and I could, I really couldn't make it. I had to eat patients trays that they refused, you know, to make it through the year. I was I was back in the nurses station eating the trays that, that a patient wasn't hungry, didn't want to eat, but made it through. But the point is financial habits then were the first the first ten percent went to God. You know, the the giving my parents taught me early uh, that goes right to him. So even when I was making $3.33 an hour, you know, that's what I did. And then the second the second piece went to the future. You know, you got to save something. And then what are we down to now? I have $3.33 an hour. Yeah. You know, we're down, we're getting down in the $2 range. Well, that's what you get to live on. Right? And so now, where those percentages have changed over the years, the habits haven't. So, where where the ten percent might be more than ten percent now, it's still the first check I write. Okay? You take care of you take care of those first, and then the second check is to the future. Now, this is obviously all you know. This is after tax, right? <laughs> That's and a lot of people don't do that they don't they think that money is theirs that's not yours that doesn't even get counted right that, but but the second piece, you, you you can't live on what you make i mean you just people that do that i don't care if it's $3 or you make 100 million a year you can't live on what you make i, I was reading an article the other day about it. all these famous athletes that just it listed them on um, on this web article Everybody would know their names. They're broke. Mm-hmm. Hundreds of millions of dollars. And there's other ones that had habits, and, and they're not. And so um, I one of my habits is I've always, 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 lived on a fraction of my income and then took the rest of it and let people that know what they were doing steward that. Cause that's not my day job. And I see people who would have money if they didn't think that they knew how to invest and investment's important for everybody, no matter what you make, you know, you, you know, get acorn app or something, put your change in there, let it be working. So I think those things are important. And, and I mean, I I don't want to, I don't want to go on and on about this, but but one of the things that um, my one of my financial habits is that I will spend money on things that have to do with relationship and mission. In other words, in discretionary income, I I just don't I don't buy that many things. I will get a new iPad once every year and a half because they've made something cool that I got to have. Right. <laughs> but I just, you know, I, I buy cheap clothes, you know, I'll go to, I'll go to J crew, not some design. Now, I'm not decrying people that do, because I also think part of it is there are, there are passions we have to spend money on too. And I'm a boater. if anybody knows me well, you know that I've had I've always in this first time in my life I've been boatless, and it had to do with the kids' soccer, and we didn't really have time um but I've owned some really really significant i mean like chips sized boats with crew and everything and 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 those cost money, but I wasn't buying them to be cool or ego or materialistic. those were relational investments where family and friends and nonprofits we work with, and and we could have experiences. I'll spend money on that that has something immaterial to it, like a real passion. If somebody loves clothes and that's their deal, spend some money on clothes, but don't spend it to look cool and keep up with the Jones. So money habits, I think the things you buy have to be connected to something that's true about your soul. There's a difference in a, in a guy that buys fancy cars to be cool, and a truett kathy who had this amazing car collection because he loved cars, right? But then he lived in this small house. Houses didn't mean that much to him, you know. So it has to do with the real self, the the things that you that really matter to you. And I don't mind spending money on those things within those earlier parameters I guess. And so my money habits have to do with spending on things that enhance relationship, community, or my mission in life, or one of my two passions, which is, you know, kind of golf and water.
1: Well, so, okay. And there you go. There's the last but, spoke.
0: But, but the giving is, a, a you know, we started there. Yeah. And what I've seen over, you know, I just had in the last probably, you know, however many years um, financially, you know, a lot of things have grown and done well and all that, and at one juncture, some significant things happened. and And my wife and I looked at our life, literally, and we said, "What would we change?" I mean, really, you know, you don't need a bigger house. My, my father always said, "You know, I'd look at big houses." He says you can only be in one room at a time. That's yeah. what he. That's true, yeah. sure. but. but Doing bigger house or fancier cars or, and we decided, you know, it really doesn't matter what that pile grows into. That's more that more that we can give because, you know, more money doesn't make you happier. But I think when you're happy and, and involved in being a steward, the money does grow. You just have to have the money serving good things that are going to bring you happiness.
1: Ah. Uh. I, I got a lot of family. Out.
0: Yep. We take trips. I don't mind spending money on taking my kids and family. I'll spend it there. Let's go. Let's go have a great experience here.
1: Well, I like what you said about what's important to the soul. And that's our last uh, spoke. There is the personal side. And you mentioned your father getting a hobby and yeah, in our first interview, you talked about golf and then now here in the boat and experiences. And my,
0: my father gave me golf. My mother gave me fishing oh, wow. in the
1: water. Sure. Okay.
0: So she would drag me out when I was little, you know, and my father hated to fish and he'd say, yeah, I'll go. <laughs> so we'd go get a little flat bottom boat and go out in the swamps in Mississippi and we'd bring home a bunch of fish, but yeah, we'd spend, spend time on that. But go, go ahead.
1: Well, so, so that, does that really do, that's the things important to your soul that fills uh, you to make you the best you, you can be on the personal side. Those things as investments in you, yeah. Golfing and, and boating and having those, uh, experiences with your family. Does that really encompass what you do for you? Just, just for yourself personally.
0: Yeah. That's where, um, that's where I will spend some of that excess, and, um, you know, we merge the two and the, or, or merge all three. Sometimes like you golf like, on your boat, you know, Is that- well, <laughs> actually I have actually, yes, yeah? I have done that. Um, but, but for example, we work with a lot of nonprofits and causes. And we would, we would always be using our boat to do fundraisers, you know, for, for, for nonprofits and ministries, or we would do it for family gatherings and extended community and stuff. So, so I think, you know, when your passions are coming together, if you're, if you love golf, you're probably playing that with the people you really love every week too, right? And so I think an integrated life tends to fuel all the different categories, tend to fuel each other. And so, it just, you know, when we're out of whack, we're not integrated. That's not a life of integrity. Integrity is not just about don't lie, to or steal. Integrity means to be integrated or whole. And that's why I love what Zig would say about these different areas of life. You got to be a whole person, a person with a fat bank account, and no significant relationships or fun in their life is a weirdo.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Hey, thank you. Thanks for sharing kind of the behind the scenes and just your own journey in these areas. It's uh, uh, a great gift. And I hope you uh, have time to go golf soon.
0: (laughs) Thank you. I hope I do too.
1: (laughs) Okay, friends, that was some profound schooling on leadership. Again, go to drcloud.com to get connected with Dr. Cloud and all he has to offer you. Thanks to all for the recent iTunes reviews. We got a great one just today, specifically about the interview we had with renowned comedian, Michael Jr. If you got value today from Dr. Cloud, tell him and us and everyone with an iTunes review, please. Well, coming up next in show five fifteen. we listened to a few minutes of Zig Ziglar on stage talking about marriage from this message. We asked folks at my agent K Miller, Facebook page, If you're married, would you share what intentional investments do you routinely make into your marriage that helps strengthen it? We received more responses, I think, than just about any other question that we posted before. It was a rich, rich talk that I had with my co-host, Michelle Prince, to discuss through what everyone shared. So if you're married or intend to be, you need to hear what is working for people. It's really, really amazing. Thank you. For letting me walk with you as we inspire our true performance together.